This is episode 24, a solo episode with me, Tiffany Hinton, and today we're talking about harvesting your herbs uh, for a magical season and for so much more on cultivating guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. Super excited to be back with you guys today. I know our last episode, we talked all about gut health, and today we're diving back into gardening. We're diving into harvesting of the herbs and the herbs, whatever you want to call them, depending on where you're at geographically, um, which could be its own debate, right? Is it herbs or herbs? So we'll probably use it interchangeably. Uh, I've had so many insightful moments, and actually yesterday I spent about an hour and a half doing just that, harvesting the herbs and getting them ready. And so we're going to talk about what does that process look like? How do you do that? What can you do with it? Um, From creating smudging sticks to so much more different places to hang them, different ways to dry them out. We're going to dive all into all of the herbs and the harvesting today on the podcast. And I am actually video recording. So if you are watching it on Spotify or YouTube, hello, hello, you can see me. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash Tiffany Hinton. We've got past episodes over there as well from Cultivating Guts that you can check out on YouTube. Feel free to leave us a message on YouTube if you have any questions or if you just want to share a video on YouTube somewhere else. We appreciate that so, so much. Uh, What else do I need to tell you? I need to remind you guys to subscribe, like, and review the Cultivating Guts podcast. Click follow on Spotify. So as we release brand new episodes, you will be alerted and you can go out and listen to those or watch them. And if you let us know that you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the podcast, send us a screenshot of your review We will send you our four-day Hacking Your Health Gut Detox plan. Also, if you're listening, screenshot your favorite part of the podcast today and share it on Instagram. Love resharing stuff. Actually, just had a a real go viral this morning, which is kind of crazy. And now I'm like, hmm, do we do garden gymnastics? (laughs) More to come on that. Different episode, definitely. Um, But it's super fun, right? And I'm so grateful you're here. And for all of our amazing listeners that are helping the podcast grow, cannot believe we're almost at episode 25. That is amazing. So continue to share this with people that you know it can help, that it will create inspiration. And before we head into the show, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Non-Disclosure Apparel. They are actually one of the companies that I use every single day in my life, no matter if I'm gardening or I'm traveling or I'm headed into the office. And maybe it's TMI, but maybe it's not. Non-Disclosure Apparel makes a bralette called the Ellie Bralette right here in the United States. It's a woman-owned company out of North Carolina. And uh, Becky is amazing. She struggled herself, and you could check this out on a previous podcast, but as a child with being um, afraid of, you know, having your nipples showing, being a little self-conscious, which I think many of us women are, especially if we've breastfed or for any reason, you know, when it gets cold out. And so we want something to feel comfortable in. We want something not only to feel comfortable in, 
but to feel confident. And that is where non-disclosure apparel comes in. I love them so much because they are super comfortable. They make them in all sizes from what they consider their small, which fits like a teenager or somebody who's just getting into wearing a bra, all the way up to a large and all those wonderful sizes in between in some really great colors. And I do have to say my go-to is Storm. If you're looking at their color index, they have a really cute pink azalea and they have another one called Beach and then they have the beach and they have, um, I'm going to forget all the colors at the moment, but there's like a nude, there's a darker brown, depending on your skin tone, there's the bright blue, there's the storm, which is a gray color, and then there's the pink, which is azalea. And we're going to put the link to the non-disclosure apparel right in our show notes. And you can also find it in our Instagram bio in our link tree link there as well. And I'm super excited to share them with you because if you've been looking for a bra to garden in, to work out in, to do your yoga in, or just to run your kids to and from summer camp, this is it. This is the one. And it's washable. It's super easy and convenient. Dries quickly. It, for me, keeps myself feeling confident and comfortable, but actually also able to go out and do the hard work in the yard. And so with that, I do want to encourage you guys to each check out Non-Disclosure Apparel and find the perfect Ellie bralette for yourselves. Hello, hello. Welcome to Cultivating Guts. It's Tiffany, and today we're talking about harvesting the herbs and the herbs, right? So that's a whole other thing. Is it herbs or herbs? So there was a comment below the podcast. Tell me which way you pronounce it. Uh, it is time to do some of that harvesting. Things are starting to flower. Certain herbs you want to harvest before they flower. Certain herbs you want to harvest when they're flowering because you want the flower. And there is so, so much um, involved in that. And so we're going to talk about that today, right? How do you know it's the right time to harvest? What do you do to harvest? What does it look like to store them? How do you prepare them for winter? Can you make crafts out of them? Sachets, smudge bundles. Yes, you can do all of it. Anything you've ever dreamed of, it can happen. So... Uh, if you're watching the video, it might be helpful. If not, I'm going to try to explain as we go so you can walk and talk or drive and we can talk, however that works out for you and you're listening online. There is a moon calendar wheel, I love it, from the uh, – I just stuck my tongue out if you're not watching the video because I can't remember. Um, oh, my goodness. It's not coming to me. Anyway, this is the wheel. It'll come to me in a little bit. But you basically spin the wheel and it tells, and you line up the, the moon phase with the date on the calendar. So we're getting ready to go into a full moon on the 14th. So I'm going to find the full moon and line that up, which means that days 12 through 16 are cultivate only, do not plant best days to fertilize, right? And so if I'm cultivating only, because things will get little weak, spindly growth, um, it is a good time to harvest, right? Things that are ready, because we're not planting right now. We're cultivating, we're weeding, we're getting things ready, we're applying manures, we're applying rabbit poop. I did all of that this past weekend from fresh straw to help keep the weeds bay. Uh, help lock in moisture for these super hot days that we're going to get in Chicago. It's going to have 100 degrees this week. I added the rabbit poop, which is a cold poop. That's a whole nother podcast, hot poop, cold poop. Um, and then realize that many of our herbs are ready to be harvested. 
So I have a couple of different pairs of pruners, little skinny ones and some bigger like kitchen shears that I prefer to use. And those are my two go-to pruners when it comes to harvesting stuff I'm going to bring into the kitchen and use. The thing with your pruners, I found one pair at um, the local Ace Hardware and the kitchen shears I've had for probably 20 years. They're Pampered Chef kitchen shears um, and they just lasted forever. And so you want to keep those clean. You can run them through the dishwasher. Mine are, you know, got plastic handles and they're not really going to rust because they're made with the stainless steel stuff. Um, And the reason you want to keep them clean is you don't want to introduce bacteria into the plant when you're trimming, but you also want to make a clean cut. And so you don't want them to get like, I don't know, bad on the ends or like dull, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So in our garden, we had... Um, sage ready to go. The sage is actually flowering. I had Melissa, cat mint, and catnip. I harvested both. Targon, lovage, basil to be picked. Yarrow blossoms. You want the yarrow flowers. So I picked some yarrow flowers. I had rosemary ready. Lemon thyme was ready to be harvested. It was actually flowering. And there's cilantro. I did not pick it yesterday, but it is ready. There's dill that's ready. It's not flowered yet, but there is dill. So wide variety of stuff. I posted a picture on Instagram yesterday of my harvest basket, and it had a bunch of different things in it. And so how do you know when to harvest what, right? And so there's a couple of things there. I've got my books, (laughs) which is crazy, but it's also fun. So in, um, I'm going to show you a few things and I'll explain it as well. In the Green Witch Goddess Planner, in the back of the planner, you're going to find monogram pages. Love these monogram pages, right? And they allow you to either take a picture and glue it in or draw what the plant looks like. It talks about what's the Latin name, what's the common name of the plant, right? If you're talking to different people, different plants have common names. Where is it native to? Is it like a North American plant or was it native to Asia or was it native to Europe? What is the plant family? Is it part of the aster family, the daisy family, or is it part of a different family? What parts do you use? And this is important when you're harvesting the herbs. Do you use the flowers like yarrow? Do you use the leaves like basil and dill? Or do you use the roots like a horseradish? Um, And so you need to know which parts to use. You also then can look up and start to keep your own book, and I'll show you what that looks like. Um, Or you can use multiple pages from the planner. Um, what is the herbal action? What's the medicinal action? What's the constituents? What's the energetics and magic of the plant? And then what are there any warnings, right? If you're pregnant, are you supposed to use it, not use it? Can you give it to children? If you take too much, will you show up positive on a drug test, like certain poppy plants? Like, What are the warnings that go behind the herb? And as you start to move into herbalism and using things for cooking and teas and salves and tinctures and making vodka, um, you need to know kind of those different properties of the plant. And so what I've done is I have a couple of different resources that I love to use. One of them is called The Lost Book of Herbal Remedies, and it was written by Nicole Apolina. A-P-E-L-I-A-N. I found this on Amazon. Actually, I found it initially in an Instagram ad a couple years ago. Then I got ordered it off of Amazon. It's a big, heavy-duty book. And inside, it has the monograms for all the different herbs, trees, flowers that are considered um, 
herbal, right? Medicinal healing, herbal healing, things like that. So I'm right now I've got Lovage tags because that's one of them that I'm adding to my personal book, which I'll show you that too. And so it talks about the official name for Lovage. It tells us it's part of the celery family. Um, it tells us how to identify lovage, like it can get six feet tall. Mine this weekend before I harvested it was taller than me. And it talks about the, the smell of it and the blooms and what does it look like. It's edible, right? It can be harvested for menstrual cramps and cycling health, preventing kidney stones. It's an antihistamine. It helps with joint pain. Uh, and then she talks about different recipes to make lovage tea or tinctures. Imagine adding lovage to your brandy or your vodka and then mixing that with simple syrup or with honey to make, <coughs> excuse me, um, a, what am I looking for? Like a medicinal, like something you could give your children if they were having issues, right? So that is just the lovage page, okay? And so in the last book of herbal remedies, there's so many of these. And so as I'm studying more and more about herbalism, I keep going back and I'm looking up stuff. And I love that she's got photos and different things in the book. Okay, I'm going to put a bookmark here because I am actually working on that lovage page because I harvested it yesterday and I was looking for different things to do with it, recipes. What I'm doing personally is I picked up a journal at Barnes & Noble. Absolutely love it because a couple of things about it. It's heavy. It's hardcover. It looks so magical. But it has a tree on it, and so it reminds me of functional medicine, and it has all these little wheels and gears of the tree, and the roots go into the earth, and there's more wheels and gears, and there's birds, and anyway, it's just this magical cover. Inside, I have made a list of plants that grow in the Hecate's garden, made a list of plants that grow in the Potterage, started to make those monogram pages for every plant that is growing from foxglove to witch hazel to elderberry to yarrow. And then, and so if you're on the video, you can kind of see I have my own notes. All right, so why do I do this? So when I go out to harvest, I can quickly reference which part of my harvesting. Am I harvesting the leaves? Am I harvesting the flowers like caladenula and chamomile and lavender and yarrow? Um, even dill, you want the flowers. Uh, you always want to harvest all those flowers. If I'm harvesting thyme and basil and sage and lovage and targon, even lavender, I want the leaves, right? And then if I'm harvesting horseradish or echinacea or dandelions, personally, I want the roots. And so that's helping me learn more and remember, right, through intuition, what parts of the plant to harvest. Now, once I've picked them and I, I have a, um, it's called a trogger. <laughs> it's a long green basket from Jung Seeds that has a strainer on one end. So I can put the things in the basket. I can quickly hose them off with the water hose and then strain the water out. For certain herbs, that's good enough. For other ones, I will still bring them into the kitchen and um, wash them in the kitchen sink and then lay them on a tea towel and dry them to get the extra water off. And those that I do that for where I wash them more is because I know I'm going to be end up using them in cooking, right? Or I'm going to add them to a salad or like the basil. We're going to make like a tomato balsamic vinegar, which if you look at July Natural Awakenings Magazine, you'll see our garden pasta recipe in there. Um, 
those those I wash additionally. If I'm drying them to make incense or smudge sticks, I just do the water hose wash and I'm good. And I don't worry about like additionally washing them. You'll want to wash them for a couple of reasons, right? And you can soak them in water as well. Uh, You want to do that because they might have little worms on them. I mean, they are garden plants. Uh, You don't necessarily want to eat grit if you've got sandy soil or something else. Um, You also want to make sure you don't have any other little bugs that have like climbed up in there. And you don't, one of the things you want to look for when you are harvesting is don't harvest anything a caterpillar's eating, right? We need the caterpillars. We need the butterflies. Don't necessarily harvest if there's a cocoon on it. Um, be careful praying mantis, right? Because they look like leaves sometimes if they're Japanese praying mantis are green. So just watch that so you're not necessarily harvesting on accident things that are helping the biodynamics of the garden, okay? So now that they're inside and they're clean, I yesterday did a couple of different ways. With the catnip, which I know we'll use later to make treats for cats or put into sachets to, to, to make stuff for the cat to play with, right, or the neighborhood cats. Um, for those, I basically took the catnip and I took the top of them, put them all together, made all the leaves go down, wrapped the top with cotton string, tied it in a knot, and hung it in the greenhouse on a hook. Did the same thing with a bundle of lovage, just hung it in the greenhouse. Um, with the yarrow blooms, those flowers are in the house hanging on the, the indoor clothesline. Again, upside down, three of them put together, strung together at the top and bundled that way. For the basil, the targon, the things that I know I'm going to dry and like take off the stem, like I just want the leaves. Those are laying in my air dryer. So what is my air dryer? My air dryer is this long net cylinder (laughs) with shelving and it unzips and I put parchment paper down and then I put the herbs single layered on the parchment paper and then it's all netted. And, And again, I found this on Amazon. They sell them a bunch of different places. It'll take two to three weeks for them to dry out, especially because the air conditioner is not in the house, but they will naturally dry out. They will hold in all of their plant essence. They'll hold their magical properties because they haven't been cooked or boiled or any of that stuff. And they'll also hold all those vital nutrients, antioxidants, the terpenes, all of the different things and vitamins in their plant, in their leaves as they, as they shrivel up in the water leaves. They'll hold all of that in their leaves. And then later, we'll take the stems and we'll strip the leaves down and we'll either put those in a jar and save them or we'll go ahead and crush those with the My brain is a little slow. Happy Monday as I'm recording this. I know it's not going to come out on a Monday. Uh, pestle and mortar and crush those down and put those in uh, jars to store. You can reuse glass jars that are airtight. I also ordered last year off Etsy some tea canisters from Japan that were handmade to store different herbs in as well. Now, if you're making smudge bundles, you're going to want to layer the lay the leaves all in the same direction. And make and and make like a little tight round, almost like a unicorn <laughs> horn, right? Where they kind of go up. And you take the cord and you wrap it around at the bottom, tie it off, and then continue to wrap around and 100% cotton um, cord or rope or you know like twine, and then wrap it back down and then tie it off and hang those upside down 
in the direction so the leaves are all facing down. Hang those for about two weeks before you start to smudge with them just to make sure they're completely dry. You could hang them even up to four weeks and then you have smudge sticks. I made two different smudge sticks with the herbs that I harvested yesterday. The first one has sage for clearing, rosemary for protection. It has, um, I have to look at my little list of things and I can tell you as well, rosemary. It has thyme in it. It has a little bit of dill because dill is good for prosperity. And it has a yarrow flower in it. And I'll have to look up the magical properties of yarrow. And that one I made. And then the other one is just sage, rosemary, and thyme. So let's do some fun right now really quickly while we're on the call. Let's look up. Don't ever burn foxglove, by the way. It will make you sick. Okay. Yarrow is for courage and for releasing and healing. So that's what yarrow is for. And then I said, what else? We put thyme in there. Rosemary is for protection. We knew that already. Uh, where's the thyme? I should have, when I made my little book, alphabetized it, but I didn't. Anyway, thyme is also for protection and courage, uplifting your mood and clearing negativity. So the smudge stick that I pretty much made is for courage, protection, clearing, because it's got both the thyme and the sage, and for prosperity with the dill. And so those are super fun to make. So I have two smudge sticks. Again, they're in the Instagram stories, and I think I even put them in the garden highlights. And that is how I'm saving the herbs. If you go in our reels to like last winter, probably in November, you'll see a picture where I'm cleaning off the dried um, stems of the herbs and putting those, crushing them down and putting those into jars to store for canisters, labeling them and creating spices to create in the kitchen. Do not um, necessarily harvest everything because a lot of your herbs are perennials. So even if you need the root, harvest part of the root and then allow it to, or, or if it's brand new this year, you might not be able to harvest the root for two years. Let it get really hardy. Like my horseradish, when I first put it in, I didn't harvest it for the first year. The second year I took a piece of root, right? And now it's like very, very hardy. Um, same thing with echinacea. I've not harvested my echinacea yet. I've had, I've moved it a couple of times. That's why. And now I'm letting it kind of build back up so it will be able to harvest. And I planted additional echinacea last week as well in the garden. So I will have more echinacea plants. With the Melissa, I harvested it. Last year was the first year we planted it. In the U.S., it's also known as lemon balm is a common name um, or common balm. Uh, that one we harvested yesterday a lot because it's much bigger the second year. Same thing with the cat mint and the catnip. They're so much bigger. Um, but but definitely like thank the plant when you're harvesting it. Um, maybe even for certain ones, ask permission before you harvest. Make sure it feels like it's available to, to give you energy and that it's sustained enough. And just be mindful of that. If you've got any questions about harvesting herbs, um, please reach out. Let us know. Definitely don't necessarily go out and forage them through forest preserves. That'll get you in trouble. Make sure that you're growing them on your own property or if you're harvesting them from somewhere else that you've asked permission. And just have some fun with it. Create some magic. Uh, be creative. You can change the color of the 100% cotton 
um, string that you're using. Yesterday I used green because I'm right now into this green. But if I was making something for summer solstice, maybe I'm going to use a yellow uh, string around the smudge stick in preparation. Maybe some yellow flowers and, you know, and just kind of creating that light invariance. So you can also, if you want to make smudge sticks and you don't have an herbal garden, I will say you can go to the grocery store and get fresh herbs from the refrigerator section of like where the produce is and then make the uh, smudge sticks with those fresh herbs and then let them dry and then for two weeks at least and then you can do that as well. So summer solstice is coming up in about nine days. If you hear this today and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to make my own smudge stick for summer solstice, go ahead and do it. Just put the smudge stick somewhere where it's warm and dry in your house and it will dry out. So then you can use that for smudging and for your rituals for summer solstice. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Cultivating Guts. And with that, I'll send us out to the closure. Bye. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with me what your favorite part was. Is there anything you took away that you want to try? Maybe smudge sticks or drying your own herbs or something even more exciting from this podcast that just was like eye-opening. Uh, I'm here. Ask me any questions. Uh, Satnam, I love you guys. So if you love this episode, remember to share it with your friends and send it to anyone who may love this inspiration and information that we shared. To get my newest book, The Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner, visit Amazon or our website, www.cultivatinggut.com, or visit our Etsy shop, Lily and the Green Witch, and get the PDF version that you can reuse season after season. To get all those details, head over to www.cultivatingguts.com, and you'll see everything you need to get started with your gardening masterclass and get yourself up and going and growing your own food to help your guts.